Hello and welcome to the Identity Podcast. It is such an honor to always be here once again. I am Caleb, one of your co-hosts for the Identity Podcast, and I think this is going to be a phenomenal show, I tell you. Episode 35. Can you believe it? Episode 35. We've gone so far. We've come so far. It's been incredible. Don't forget that it is now April, April 7th to be exact. We're so excited to be here live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch at Find Your ID and Identity Podcast. Don't forget to go ahead and check out our podcast available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you love the Identity Podcast, don't forget you can sponsor us. Email us at press at findyouridnyc.com. And don't forget we are presented by findyouridnyc.com. It's such a great time to be here. I feel like it's been a long time since we've been here, but it's only been a week. Uh, well, I'm grateful to be back. It's great. And I'm excited to introduce our guest for this week's show as we continue our environmentalism series uh, here in April and we get ready for a big Earth Day special that we have around Earth Day. Very excited for that. But first, let's go ahead and introduce our guest for this week's show, eco-influencer featuring Jill Perkins. Hello, Jill. How are you? Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. It's uh, it's truly an honor. And I'm very excited to, to be able to get to begin today's show and to be able to talk about you and everything that you do um, because just you sending us kind of what you do and, and learning more about you and everything leading up to the show. I'm quite fascinated to be honest. I'm really interested to kind of see what more of eco influencer means and what you do with it and, and kind of where you hope to go with it as well. But I guess as we kind of start, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, okay, so um, I've been blogging for probably about 10 years, um, a little bit over that. Um, and um, I've always been interested in environmentalism and um, just trying to um, be green and make green choices where I can. Um, that's kind of come from my childhood, really. My mum was always into that sort of thing as well. Um, and I just gradually was trying to find my niche, which is obviously in the influencer space. That's um, a great thing to try and do when you're trying to build your brand. Um, and um, it sort of gradually started coming together because once I started product testing and stuff like that, then I started seeking out products which, you know, really spoke to me and what I was about and and trying to go for stuff which was aspirational to my life which to me is going for as green as possible stuff and natural stuff as much as possible so that kind of was the start of this journey um, and then over the course of the pandemic um, one of the really great things to come out of it was um, the opportunity to meet with people mainly through Instagram, to be honest, who are part of this eco-community, which is just building and building. And I just found I had a lot in common with them. And um, it's just um, through sort of meetups and community events which happen on Instagram, I just became part of that community. Um, and I guess it kind of organically grew into my niche. Um, also had my own challenges um, because the other side of my brand is kind of like wellness and well-being and mental health and all that as well. I'm very interested in that. And I've had my own journey with insomnia and postnatal depression and everything like that and going through that and trying to um, find the most natural route out of that. I'm very pro the self-care movement and personal development space as well. 
Um, so it all kind of links in together. And I kind of feel like I'm now at a space where I know that's my niche. And it's like a nice enough rounded niche that it can grow with me. Um, but I just get to work with like awesome people and meet awesome people like yourself from all over the world. So yeah, I'm just really excited about where my brand's going. That's great. That and I love that. And I think I think um, as we were kind of talking before the show, you know, uh, we both understand kind of repping your brand and, and and getting your brand ready and constantly posting about it and putting it out there and talking about it. You know, I feel like that's all I do anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's it's a very um, it's a very big thing and very important yeah. when when creating and, and really growing your brand, establishing your brand, I think is a great way to put it. Um, but I really love that, um, what you had to say there, kind of your journey leading up to where you are today and everything. And and with uh, with kind of this eco-influencer journey that you've you've been able to take and everything, um, where are where has it kind of led you during the pandemic? Um, I guess um, it's given me a space to find community. Um, which has become a very important aspect of my brand. And it's something which I definitely want to develop further. Um, I've um, last year started my blog on YouTube. um, And I've in the last month um, now migrated into a podcast as well. And I love the idea of just interviewing and talking and learning from interesting people. And that kind of came from me being a consumer of those things. Um, I probably got into listening to podcasts at the beginning of last year. Um, and I've just got so much out of that as a medium, um, personally. And um, and I just love like that whole thing of learning through that method. That's very much my learning style is listening to interesting people talk about these things. And I just think I can develop that kind of content too, really. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great mindset to have. And and to be honest, I felt the same way, you know, with podcasting. It's like I have this ability to create something, put my voice out there and mm-hmm. everything. And and I've done the same with blogs and everything. But when, when kind of uh, creating the blog and everything, did you initially expect to then create a podcast? Um, no, I think it's kind of all like grown organically, really. But what I find really interesting, um, and I've said this before, is, um, you know, I'm now in my late 30s. If you were to flash back in time to when I was 16, what I actually wanted to be was a TV presenter. And I was doing a media production broadcasting um, 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 BTEC, as it's called in the UK, which is like something you do before university and then I went on to do a media degree um and um you know that was what I wanted to do but at that point in time it's just really interesting how when you look back on your life things pan out because um at that point in time if you wanted to do that and pursue that you basically needed to work in London on a tiny salary 
but the cost of living in London is phenomenal. Um, mm. And it really wasn't realistic and it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go on the commuter train at stupid o'clock in the morning and be packed in with everyone. Like, that's my worst nightmare. If someone had sat down with 16-year-old me and said, right, this is actually the reality of your dream, then I probably would have gone, well, sub that. I'm not going to do that then. <laughs> but actually what's funny is, like, jump forward whatever god scare myself now 20 plus years um and and we now have the opportunity to create our own one and our own brand and and I'm like well this is kind of cool because my dream is kind of coming into fruition in a way which I never thought it would um but I kind of feel like well maybe this could develop and maybe I could become a youtuber and an influencer um, and still get my voice out there, but on my own terms, in my own way as a freelancer. And actually, that's actually cooler than my original dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I completely agree with you there. You know, we're, we're at a state now where we look at our past dreams and then we, we look mm. at these where we're at now, right? And this is like yeah. our current dreams and our future dreams and, and looking mm-hmm. back at everything. And it's like, wow, I can't believe I had that dream when now I'm like living the dream. And it's, uh, it's yeah. absolutely, I think it's, I think it's just amazing and beautiful to know that we yeah. have these, we have this ability to, to do these things. Cause as you said, you know, be able, being able to have a blog and a podcast and constantly repping your brand and putting your brand out there, establishing it, I think is, uh, is something that's just so cool. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to, um, you know, go onto your email and then you get an email saying, Hey, you know, I love the show. I would love to, um, check out more i'd love to be on the show or anything like that you know it's, it's exactly. really cool to know that people uh people just across the globe are finding something that you never never thought you'd make an influence on or you really yeah. never thought um could grow in a way that it has grown right and and yeah. uh, kind of, <laughs> and I, I think uh what I'm hearing from you is very much that same mindset that Tarek and myself have had as well. Um, and I think that's really great. And speaking of Tarek, uh, my co-host is on the show. Hello. Hey hello, hello, hello. How are you? Can you hear me? Nice to meet you. Yes, You're good. I can. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, this is just great. I'm, I'm just tuning in. <laughs> I'm checking in. I'll, <laughs> I'll forward my questions. Um, here on the East Coast, um, <laughs> it, it's a little after originally the time that we we're gonna say, but um, we're here. So yeah, <laughs> my apologies. So, That's uh, okay. No, no. worries. <laughs> we're all good. I think we had a we had a time a time uh, miscommunication in general. So no <laughs> no indeed, worries, but we're indeed. here. Um, yeah. But we were here, and we're grateful to have you, Tark. But uh, as as we continue here on the show, um, definitely, I, I feel that. Um, Kind of talking more about this eco influencer, um, what what you do and everything. Kind of for a more overall perspective, how do you define an eco influencer? Um, I guess it's someone who, um, I guess, to people who have no clue about this whole influencer space or the different platforms. I kind of talk about my blog as the equivalent of a magazine um, and 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 someone would um, like who wanted to promote a product which they were trying to market 
um, they would then um, kind of talk to me and then my blog and my various platforms would then be the medium which they would communicate that through. Um, I think the whole interesting thing is that I can say how it works in my life and give them a real like taste of, okay, so I'm using this product and, and really talk about it and how it's used. Um, and that just gives it more um, like of a relatable thing than say traditional TV advertising or something like that. It, it's, it's, and this is the interesting thing to compare um, like what we were talking about of the dream of getting into broadcasting, say, um, versus the influencer space, because it, I feel like it's far more personal, far more relatable, far more community-based, and and that's what's exciting about it. Because like I have no desire to be a celebrity. I don't want like that life at all. But I love the idea of connecting with interesting people from all over the world who are all like trying to fight for a cause which is important and I'm a great believer of like everyone doing a little bit towards environmentalism is like the way forward because I think I've always referred to myself as being like a realistic green person because life is challenging, you know, all these products at the moment cost a lot of money. Um, so I'm all about like finding ways to do it in a cheaper, more thrifty way as well. Um, and but ultimately, you can be doing that on the one hand, but by marketing it and building up these little cottage industry brands, then you are working towards making green mainstream, which is what the ultimate goal is. So because as soon as it becomes mainstream, then the prices will come down and it'll be available to the masses. Right. Hey, a, bit, a bit of a, a domino effect of sorts. You know, you talk yeah, about the absolutely. You, you talk about the problem at hand, and then you know everything tends to kind of roll out. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it has such a better connotation, Caleb, than an actual social influencer, right? How much, how many trees have they helped uh, off just off the name alone? You know, um, mm -hmm. I love the acronym itself. Uh, the fact that it is an echo um, influencer. You know, ultimately, yeah. what, what ultimately what we're trying to to get is Having our smaller impacts obviously make a much larger impact, especially when it comes to waste management or whatever it may be um, that they're into. So I think I think it's very awesome to see that there is a possibility to just listen, like be like be who we are, and also mm -hmm. attack um, the problems at hand with a small significance. Record some of that information and then use it as a PSA for others, like that. That's, Absolutely. that's exactly what we need to be doing. And I think what's so interesting is a lot of the things which come out in this space, in this community, are actually going back to old school ways of doing things, like what your grandparents would do, um, yeah. just through trying to be thrifty, um, you know, using, for example, like if I cook a roast chicken, then I would cook a whole roast chicken, and then mm -hmm. I'd use, like, the leftover meat, and then... I'd make soup out of the bones and just like old school things like that. That's being thrifty. That's like valuing the meat which I've got and just kind of um, like one of my big things is like conscious consumerism. Right. So I'm just trying to fight against like mindless consumerism and I feel like there's a lot of the world who don't think before they buy. They're just like 
oh, I need this, so I buy it, so I buy it, so I buy it. And I'm just trying to like, and this is where it kind of comes in with this whole um, meditative space and, um, you know, mindfulness space as well is like actually pausing and going, oh, but do I need that? And that's quite an old school concept. And it quite often comes from, you know, trying to be thrifty and stuff as well. Like they say like an old school way of buying something was to write yourself a list of the things which you wanted that month. And if you still feel like you need it one month later, then you buy it, you know, and it's just kind of trying to slow things down. And I think that's part of this whole movement. You've got like the slow food movement. You've got the slow fashion movement. It's just trying to like get people to go, right, you don't need to go that fast. I think that's, Mm -hmm like part of it as well really yeah a major part of it i would say um you you mentioned the the speed of production and the way we sell Mm. you know i know i'm a a heavy thrifter i'm sure caleb is as well Mm. i I love the idea of it you know and i think for me when i first got into thrifting it definitely was much more of a fashionable thing and Mm -hmm. i kind of the same idea of what you were saying earlier by creating the paradigm almost like this bubble around what we're doing via Mm -hmm. uh you know, social media influencing, or actually if you're taking that brand and and becoming that buffer or that voice of reason, you know, like, please don't use this product at all, or, you know, obviously move forward with it. Um, And so your name becomes trusted. And that's what I really enjoy about what you're doing. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, like, you know, just just the mini jars and the mini hats that you fill, it's it's just, I love that Mm -hmm. part about it. Um, Just opening up to, so many different industries and so many different people like it just it puts in such perspective about like what we're really doing and like what that really means um i often often i know that when we were on the show we have like you know these these larger tasks at hand that need to get done and then we have you know guests like you that are just like here's what i'm doing and i'm just like wow <laughs> you know like, yeah. why didn't i think of that you know <laughs> um but it's it's so beautiful that you're able to open yourself up to other people to also use your platform for themselves. And I think that's that's how we you're gonna actually start to change the paradigm. Because like you said, you go to Instagram yeah. off of rip, it, it, it may not exactly tell you exactly, you know, how much you saved that day or um, it's gonna trend products that are naturally more consumerism or fast fashion. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's, I, it's I, like I think that's what's so exciting. Say it again. It's, Sorry, I I was just saying like this whole thing which is exciting about it is it's kind of coming from the ground up as well and there's a lot of people who, um, you know, um, like oftentimes it's it's quite often, it's actually so refreshing to talk to two men about environmentalism because there is like this whole side movement of like, where's all the men? Really? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, which is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, there is. And there's a couple of like male eco influencers who actually run specific like male eco meetups because there's so wow. few um, out there. And it's a shame. And I hope that isn't the case. But um, I guess as a mother as well, um, you start to think about things once you become a parent and you think about, you know, actually what kind of earth do I want to leave behind for my kids as well? And I guess all these things kind of become more to the forefront of your mind. Like you were maybe a little bit more, for me, it was like 
maybe a little bit idealistic beforehand and now you get into like the practical space of like how can I do these things and also like wanting um you know there's several people who I follow who are like private tutors or or create kids materials and stuff like that and that's really interesting as well so like actually teaching kids to love nature teaching kids to actually love like the plants and the birds and the trees and that you know I was very lucky my mum was really like on it with that sort of stuff in my childhood um but that isn't necessarily the norm and they don't necessarily learn about those things in school equally so learning how to cook from scratch and learn like to use fresh ingredients rather than like all the manufactured stuff and uh, you know it's all part of it and that's what right. I get so excited about this space as a whole is it I feel like it literally encompasses everything which I care about so I can kind of go off I guess on tangents in different ways um and I still feel like I'm speaking to the right people to the right space so it's yeah it's great that that is great I mean Caleb (laughs) That's kind of like where we, we're, we're trying to go, you know. I, I'm definitely inspired by that that route for sure. It's almost like creating a platform for other people to have their own platform. Um, in yeah. that moment, you're actually creating a safe space or some sort of haven for information mm-hmm. uh, or whatever it may be. And, you know, you think about organizations like PETA or these other ones that have kind of, like you said, started from the ground um, and they've grown. They've grown so significantly up until the point that, like, they're featured in movies and, TV and yeah, all this stuff sure. starts to become a cultural thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> who knows what the future may behold, but because you started, you have opened up a whole door. So that's when we opened up um, this first podcast in August. It kind of was like, yeah, like this is everything that we love. You know, Caleb and I can literally talk about anything sometimes, you know, obviously we're experts on everything, but we, we, have, we have a lot of- We have opinions. We have a lot of interest and a lot of opinions. And I think the best way for us, you know, because uh, Caleb and I have often talked about this, like how do we really tackle this much, you know, bigger behemoth of uh, doing change or doing good, you know? Um, yeah. Caleb loves environmentalism as much as I am. Um, definitely both vegan and a bunch of other ways. So we've used this as our platform to kind of get our voice out, but to create an entire cultural influences. That's just like right, exactly what we need to get <laughs> get into every yeah. uh, hand. It's def- yeah. So yeah, it's uh, definitely. Uh, oh, sorry, Tarkin. <laughs> no, no it's, it's it's in and out. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's definitely a journey, right? And that's exactly you know that, that's why we love to open up with your journey and talk about your journey and everything because no matter what, it is a journey. Life is a journey, and mm-hmm. we're constantly on this cycle. And and uh, as Tark was mentioning, yeah, you know creating a podcast and creating this bigger entity as we're trying to right now for the podcast. It, and as you are doing right now is it's uh, it can be difficult, but it's, it really can be amazing as well. And to know that you are able to reach um, this higher entity, have this higher power or something is uh, truly amazing. And I think it really allows you to continue to grow, right? Continue to develop and figure out your brand and where you're going from there and everything. And I think that's really important. And I think that's something that we found on the podcast is being able to find that. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Jill, kind of that, 
that niche, right? Being able to find mm -hmm. what you're good at, what you do, what, what your brand stands for and, and be able yeah. to run with it. And uh, to be able to have you on the show, I think is a great reminder for Tarek and myself as well. And even all of our fans and subscribers and listeners for the podcast that we can constantly achieve our dreams we can go for it we yeah. can do things and we're constantly growing our brand as well i think it's a great reminder and i think it's i i really something that i i've loved thus far in the show is i've really admired your your hum humbleness right being very humble i really admire that i think that's a great trait to have and i think that's a great trait to pass on to other people as well so i appreciate that thank you for that Oh, thank you. I was just like um, trying to remember the quote and um, I think it, I want to say it was Richard Branson who came up with this quote, um, but it's just do what you love and, and, and you'll be good at it. And I mm -hmm. think that's the thing which I'm kind of getting into this space um, and this entrepreneurial space and it's so exciting because if you literally, you, you know what your heart desires, you know what you want to put out into the universe. And it's just like, if you keep doing that, then, you know, it will, it will work. It's just like, if you try and force yourself to conform to something which isn't right for you, isn't right for your soul, then it's, it's not going to work and it's going to crush you and I think that comes into the whole holistic space and you know the more I get into it the more I believe in it and I understand it you know I just yeah it's really interesting yeah that's, that's such a great point you know um not to make such a pun but <laughs> it wouldn't be the identity podcast if I want but once everything became apparent that you were a parent um <laughs> I think that um you found ways to find parts of your life that you can share with others. And I think that's my uh, my favorite part about this whole podcast so far. I mean, today's episode, it's just like, you're like, well, this is something I like. This is something I'm doing. Why don't mm -hmm. I just tell people about it? You know, and it, it seems so simple, but you'd be surprised how much confidence that is. Even in the holistic mm -hmm. spaces, like um, there's retreats, you know, there's yogi instructors, there's toxic waste, toxic waste management. But a lot of these worlds, are kind of like have this delineation where it's like, okay, I kind of do this or I kind of do that or, you know, but never just have a space where we're like, okay, we're all consciously trying to do something. You may not have yeah. all resources, whatever it yeah, is. It's, and it's focusing on people actually, all the good that people are doing. Um, right. I think, right. you know, a lot of the time, and this is kind of the dangerous space, is that brands like the really big brands are blaming the consumers and you're like hang on hold up <laughs> wait <laughs> hang on let, let, let's look at what the actual options are for people who go to supermarkets <laughs> and let's actually look at what's affordable and let's actually take the guilt away from the consumer because um hang on wait you're a multinational company <laughs> <laughs> and oh you're like a government and how much money have you got and you could actually make these choices I can see you're making these choices on making tax cuts on cigarettes <laughs> you know so hang on surely you could make tax cuts on these eco products and I just feel like if all the influencers kind of gather together and really kind of push this message you know come on guys do better do better and that's you know I'm not trying to be passive aggressive with it it's just like 
But what I love now is when I post something like that, then I get, you know, all my tribe come on and like, yeah, sure. I mean, I give you for an example. One of like one of the big brand supermarkets who I shop at every week. Um, so I wrote to them and I don't know if it was my email, which made any difference. But like one of my big bugbears in terms of packaging um, is like all citrus fruit come in these like netted bags, which not only are the bags made of plastic, so they're they're not recyclable. If they go to a landfill site, then like small animals get caught up in them as well. So they're just bad news or all overall. Um, and I bought some stuff from an eco place and they'd and they had bags made of string. So at least they were biodegradable. So I suggested, right, that's one option. But also a lot of the other supermarkets had started making, um, selling clementines in cardboard boxes, which is just such a simple solution and they can easily go in a small cardboard box. And so, um, and literally the next week I went on to order my online shop and there was a cardboard box option available um, but then the week after that, it arrived and it was a cardboard box wrapped in plastic. And I just kind of like <laughs> photographed it and just put it on my Instagram. And I was just like, really? Like last week, it was just a cardboard box. Why does it have plastic around it this week? What is the actual point? And it yeah. kind of made me chuckle because like one of my tribe like commented and said, yeah, because it's not like Clementines have their own natural skin to protect them from, from the outside world anyway. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right. Like, come on. And I just think we do need to, you know, in a kind of nurturing, mothering way, just be like, guys, <laughs> come right. on. Um, and, I, and that's what I'm about. You know, I'm not about, you know, there are people who take it to a ridiculous negative space where they're constantly ranting about this and that but it's right. just like when you see these little things you just kind of go hey you know tag the supermarket you can be better here please try better or right. you know it's just doing it in that way and that's what I try and do so I'm not trying to get political that's the last thing I want to do you know I don't want to get like be one of those people at all but it's just trying to get your message across and I think if you people then relate more to that because then they look at like oh okay like why do we need this or and they start questioning things in their life as well and that's where you get into this conscious consumerism Ooh, that's the full circle stuff right there yeah <laughs> you, sorry like, little bit uh, no 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 it's, no it's good stuff <laughs> I, I it's funny because I was gonna ask the question I'm like you know as far as you're concerned, like what, what are the, the methods or where would you go with, with what you're doing? You know, um, just even in your example, you mm. sending that letter to a much more bigger institution is, is like, that matters, you know, that definitely matters. Mm. It obviously made a change, I, regardless how significant it was. Uh, it made some sort of change. And I think mm. you're hitting, hitting this problem where the, the head is in the sense of that each one of us have an opportunity to make a different decision, to shop at that place. Like that's the real power. We obviously, mm. can go, I'm, I live in New York City and in New York City, we basically banned plastic bags altogether. And I grew up with that for a long time. So that's definitely like a huge significance where we don't see plastic bags like tumbling through our streets all the time. Yeah, it's, that's great. I'm sure they're doing other subversive stuff that are like, 
we got rid of the plastic. Now we have to get, get rid of, you know, get rid of some other plastic somewhere else, you know? So I get it and I, I definitely understand, but you know, from a much more political agenda, you'd be surprised how much, you know, you know, grassroots um, operations, such as getting all the people involved to just move forward, have just mm. as much power as someone that's attaching themselves to a tree or, you know, making some exactly. dramatic mm. political statement. Um, it's, it's a lifestyle change. And that's why I said I really enjoy what you're saying because information and um, ultimately choice is how this is going to be changed. Um, providing yeah. people information to know like, hey, look, there is actually an option to make a difference. Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't feel like they have. For you to create a space where people can see that tangibly, like, oh my God, look at what Jill did. You know, like that's yeah. just, that just means a lot, you know, um, especially, and especially that's, where you're that's coming from. Hope. That's why I really hope that that yeah. happens. And what's really interesting, what you're saying about, you know, the example of the typical like green hippie tying themselves to a tree, tree hugging and, and all that sort of thing. Um, it's part of like making it all more mainstream is having these like down to earth conversations about, okay, hey, I can't do this, but I can do this. And that's what I try and promote in my own life. And, and just promoting things like, oh, you know, what my eco swap of the month has been. And um, just like, oh, I can, I have a little bit extra in my bank account. So, hey, I'm gonna do this one thing, but, I mean, a lot of the eco decisions which I make is stuff like bulk buying stuff, which may take some investment in the first place to buy that bulk buy thing, but then it means that um, it means that then it lasts longer. So, so that's great. So it's worthwhile. Um, and then when it comes to like thrifting and stuff, to me that just like oh my goodness, that just needs to, people just need to remove the stigma from that. Like all my clothes are secondhand, all my kids' clothes are secondhand, and that to me is one of the most positive things that you can do if you do nothing else, because like you've got to think about the life cycle of those clothes and the fact that realistically we don't really have very many ways to recycle those fabrics yet. I mean, you can send it to a scrap merchant, but I don't know how easy it is to get those there, okay. and. Like, so what do you actually do with your end-of-life products? Like, generally, it ends up in landfill, and how depressing is that? Or we can think, well, hey, you know, that has so much more life left in it, and kids wreck clothes anyway. So, come on, you know, buy some second-hand jeans for them. Buy, you know, and it costs you so much less money, and it shouldn't be seen as, like, oh, that's what the kids do, can't afford you know, these are what the intelligent people do. <laughs> that is what, you know, this is what the people do who are not, you know, full of or design their crazy labels in their head. You know, it's just completely crazy to me that that, I mean, and I guess that's because of my upbringing. You know, I was always brought up, I don't know about you guys, but like, oh, I want this thing which all the cool kids have. No, you can't have that, have high tech, you know, kind of. <laughs> it's a balance, it's a balance. But it's, it's, you know, I want my kids to not feel guilty about that at all, to not feel like that is a bad decision in any way. I want it to just be the norm. And that's kind of, I hope that, and that's what I'm excited about, 
is in this Instagram space, in this community alone. Um, you know, more and more, I guess, normal, average people are talking about these things and thinking about, oh, how can I make my meal a bit greener? How can I, maybe I can do Meatless Monday. Maybe I can, you know, and it's all about doing these little seed changes in your everyday life. And it does make a difference. It does. It really does. Yeah, let's just bring the... The thrifting cool kids back. You know, <laughs> let's make those the those the zeitgeist of where we need to be at. You know, I, I think. Hey, that, I think I'm cool. You yeah. are cool, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> you are, man, for sure. And I and I I think just even like what you represent. You know, I, I, you've you've had a lot of jokes about the the idea of being a hippie and all this other stuff. And obviously, we have a certain age where that you know probably was probably a negative thing to be thought about. But look at the forefront of where we are nowadays and all the knowledge that you have that people need to catch up on, you know? Mm. Uh, you've been really researching this, you've been on this for a while and it is a learning curve. I think that making it mainstream will actually force people to kind of be like, oh, you don't know that? You you don't know where to recycle? Oh, he's totally, yeah. you know, a charlatan yeah. in a sense. So like, I, I think that, um, you know, especially in Canada or uh, I always bring up Japan because of how clean they are. These cultures have made it so that if you aren't recycling, if you aren't doing certain things, and you are kind of out of the loop, and people just don't really understand why you're doing it. So it kind of puts yeah. the standard um, of what to do. I mean, this is that. what's so frustrating, is that almost every country has at least one green initiative, which is awesome. And you just wish that people would share them and things would like people would know about them. I mean, I've heard that in Holland, for example, there's um, a place which will actually pick up your um, disposable nappies and like recycle them separately. And that obviously requires a whole logistics chain of being able to pick up and process like nappies so that they can be fully recycled and you can break down all the parts. Um, you know, in Germany, they charge you less for if you if you opt for a smaller landfill bin outside your house, then they charge you less council tax. You know, bits and bobs yeah. like that, and 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 then you get benefits if you opt for a larger recycle bin. And it's just these are the kind of things which governments could do. You know, in Scandinavia. You can take a um, bottle and you can use it towards your train fare. Like they actually oh. encourage you, you know, and there's things, but it's all just grassroots things at the moment. And I'm just like, let's talk about this. And then there's all the old school thing. I mean, really interesting you brought up Japan because there was like someone I follow who's like, I can't remember her um, handle now, but she's all about plastic swaps and everything. But it's all just things like, you know, wrapping up presents using material. Like, why don't we do that? That is something which was done in Japanese and Chinese culture for hundreds and thousands of years. Like, people would wrap stuff in silk scarves and then, oh, you've got a silk scarf as well. How lovely, you know? Yeah, that's why, why, Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, bring this stuff back. Bring the stuff back, which actually works. Bring back patchwork quilts. <laughs> like patchworking stuff if you've got a hole in it patch it you know I've got like I inherited my grandma's sewing box and it's got like all the zips cut out of old clothes <laughs> like she wouldn't throw the zips away and like when we cleared out my grandma's house and this might be taking it to the extreme and she might have 
in the modern world be on, on, on an episode of Hoarders. But right. <laughs> one, of, one, of the, one of the most adorable things which came, which came out of my grandma's house was they found a shoebox which was labelled pieces of string too small to use. <laughs> <laughs> but I someone's love gonna so use much. it someone <laughs> somewhere they're gonna use it yeah I just love her that's I love so her funny yeah but, I bet you, you that, know, that boss is still to around too what would you say but this is interesting I mean the whole cultural aspects as well um of only being thrifty when you need to be thrifty and it's mm-hmm. about changing that as well um there was this story which really resonated with me, and I'll try and tell it in the quickest way possible. But um, <laughs> my husband's uncle was an evacuee in um, World War Two, and he was sent out to the countryside. And everyone had their own um, orchards. Everyone grew their own apples and their own pears and everything um, because they weren't available because rationing. As soon as they lifted those rationing brands, he said, like, he told this whole story about how he saw one of his neighbours, like, standing in the queue for the supermarket, like, to buy some pears. And he was like, you have a pear tree in your back garden. <laughs> and he was like, no, but now we can buy it. Obviously, I'm going back to the shop to buy it. And it's just like, that's the whole conscious consumerism piece. It's just like, but why? Why? Why are you? And it's a status thing. It's like, oh, the pear from the shop is more elitist than the pear from the tree in the back garden and why that is you know we need to actually get into that (laughs) yeah i mean it's almost like he doesn't even recognize his own resources yeah exactly it's funny funny the way you say that yeah like i mean if everyone has a tree on the same you know wherever you are and everyone can just start to do fruit swaps with a barter system or just oh i love that all the traditions that's that's just something to be thought about. But if no one knows you have a resource, then no one's gonna. They're gonna still go to the supermarket. They're gonna, exactly. and they can live right next to you, and you have a pear tree. You just wouldn't know, you know. So I, I actually think, um, from my understanding, the U.S. is better at that stuff, and you have more sort of cooperative arrangements than you do over here. Over here, it really frustrates me because we still have um, what we call allotments. I don't know if you call them allotments over there. Yeah, explain. Um, yeah, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, so, like, allotments were basically created out of um, free land. Um, again, it was a wartime thing, so people could grow vegetables and grow food, um, mm-hmm. and they still exist today, and we have one in the village. Um, generally speaking, if people have a smaller garden, they can rent a little, like, literally, you know, 10 foot of land or whatever to grow vegetables, to grow fruit on. Um but right now, it all gets caught up in legislation nonsense. So people don't sell their stuff off the allotment or they don't give it to the village shop because it's like, oh, well, we can't track that. We can't track that. From, like, how do we know that no one's put dodgy chemicals in the grass or how do we know, yeah. you know, all that? Which I get, but I don't know. I'm just like... You see, like, these allotments with all these rows of, like, sweet corn or whatever, who's someone, someone's lovingly, like, grown. And and why can't the village shop sell that? Mm, there's something going wrong somewhere. I think right. that's something that needs to be worked on. But to my understanding in the U.S., people, there isn't so much of that. And people sort of have cooperatives. And it's actually a really positive side 
of your culture, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not as familiar with it on, on in New York, but maybe Caleb may know a little better. Sure. Yeah, definitely growing up more in the, I guess, rural part of Illinois and growing up with a lot of farmland and everything. Um, we have a lot of like different markets, like outdoor markets, like farmers markets and stuff like that here. Um, and actually, um, I know this week as the weather gets nicer, um, I know that this week a lot of different uh, local places around here, local cities, local towns are all, are starting to um starting to do that. And and what's great about a little market like that is that it is not, you know, your nationwide chain store where you Mm. get the plastic bags or anything. It's like you bring your bags, you bring your, your own reusable bags and you get to pick through the different veggies and fruits. But what's great is that you have all these different uh, people that are creating things. And I can't tell you all the different stuff that I bought at a, at a market like this is, is absolutely amazing because I've, I've, um, I've seen people selling um, different things that they've sewn, you know, mm. using, using a sewing kit, sewing, the sewing machine. Yeah. I've, I've seen, um, you know, people will knit and people will, I actually, I went to this one market, I think about two years ago now during the summer. And um, this lady was sitting in a chair. And what you could do is you could go up to her table and you could request something. Uh, she had like certain things that you could ask for her to knit and she would knit it, it on the spot for you. Wow. And I was like, how neat is that? Right. And it's that's that, so cool. that right there just shows like that community aspect yeah. and that enriching beauty of, you know, something small like that. And it also just kind of shows like being thrifty and, and being, being sustainable and eco-minded, eco-conscious and being a conscious consumer. And it's really, it's really great to know that there are lots of local farmers around here that will grow potatoes and, and different veggies and, and different fruits and everything. And you can go buy it for a very reasonable price. You can put it in it your is. own sustainable bag. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very reasonable price. In fact, I can, right. I can go and get, um, you know, potatoes. I can get three or four like little red potatoes mm-hmm. for half of what it would cost me at the supermarket. And, mm. and that's really, that's a great deal. <laughs> and that's so I amazing. buy twice as much because it's so, it's such a good price. Um, again, that's here compared to the mm. UK. Again, that's here compared to new york city and you know taxes are different and, and everything but yeah. it, it shows that in what's possible around the world yeah exactly it's i possible. mean what's so frustrating though is that it's so different from place to place to place um mm-hmm. i think in the uk at the moment frustratingly a lot of these choices and also the equivalent thing, I don't know if it's something you have over there, but there's lots of um, organic veg box schemes where they will deliver from farm to door kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all premium. They're all top of the range premium. Um, and they all use awesome packaging, compostable packaging. Um, but it's a premium choice. Um, we have the traditional markets, um, but they almost have like this stigma about them that it would be where you could like where you would go I mean I think the stigma is slowly going but I mean when I was a kid and we used to like walk through that market those like those people used to scare me (laughs) because they'd be like 
I, I can't eat. I'm not even like embarrass myself by trying to impersonate them. <laughs> <laughs> it almost like an auctioneer batter, um, banter, kind of like, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, like yeah. all yelling all it's in your forcing. face. It's a bit, yeah. a bit of forcing the, the world and upon I, you. Yeah, yeah like, I used to be terrified when I was a little yeah. girl and walking through Recycle! Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, <laughs> you know you look at like traditional italian or french or spanish markets and they're more like what caleb's talking about in that it's local farmers who are selling beautiful produce and they're so proud of it and like what you were talking about um you know the lady knitting something there and then you know that reminds me of when i went to india and like you could literally go in there with like a pair of trousers and go can you make me a pair of trousers and like within a couple of hours they would have modeled the trousers which you had given mm -hmm. them and you know there was like these are things which we need to bring back these are right. things and it needs to be affordable to all i agree i definitely yeah. feel oh sorry tart <laughs> no go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I definitely feel that a lot of the communities that have these types of markets, a lot of the communities that have these kind of implemented into their community and their system, I think um, you can definitely tell the differences from them to others, or maybe they're rich in uh, different community-based um, emotions, react reactions, friendship, stuff like that. I've been to Peru twice, and in Peru, um, lots of different cities and even uh, the small towns of Peru, they have these markets like everywhere. I mean, they are everywhere. Any town you go to, they have a market. Any city you go to, they have a market. And it's yeah. just rich. And it's a hub, right? And what's so yeah. cool is that uh, I actually learned of one place um, near Machu Picchu, actually in Peru, where the market was like the first thing. Um, and then they built around it, right? They built mm -hmm. they built the city around it. There's hotels, there are um, restaurants, there are other markets, there are um, maybe places to do whatever, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. But there's all these different things here, and it's it's really important, right? And and, and I feel that uh, you know that kind of reminds me to what I have here, and kind of reminds me what you're talking about as well, Jill, of different places, different countries, different communities, and having these these little markets that allow to, yeah, be able to be sustainable and, and eco-conscious and have, have, you know, local farmers, but also being able to use, have people come and use what they're good at, their interests, right? Someone knitting, someone sitting down and knitting something. Maybe it's, maybe it's a scarf or someone sitting there and, uh, you know, maybe a local musician and they're playing music. And it's, it's yeah. the fact that even though they may not be um, getting a whole lot of out of it, you know, they're probably not getting paid or anything, but it's the fact that they're able to put their brand out there, right? The whole brand thing, you know, full circle. And then also being able to, uh, being able to simply just connect with the community and that's the biggest thing and, i think, I think the difficult thing about it all though is like a lot of this stuff for me is quite idealistic at this mm -hmm. point because it's just like the busyness of life that's mm -hmm. how supermarkets have become so big in the uk if you went back to like what my grandma was doing she'd go to like a specific greengrocer and ask her to make up like a box 
and she'd go to a butcher's and a baker's and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, you jump forward to the 70s or the 80s and, and, you know, supermarkets came about because of convenience. And now in the UK, you know, a lot of people, myself included, want a home delivery because, again, it means you don't have to take your young children out with you and around the, uh, around the supermarket. You know, someone just literally delivers it to your door and it's wonderful. And um, so it's about trying to find a way through which is, both eco and convenient and I think we're not there yet um, right. without jumping into that premium wagon but then I think things need to filter down from the top and you know at the moment we're in the premium space um, you know for example I saw someone who is doing like recycled um, potato chips I'm going to use your terminology so it makes sense to your audience um, <laughs> but they were doing because like crisp bags are you know they're a nightmare they're never recyclable so there's a company in the UK who's doing it but they're charging 25 pounds for like 25 bags of crisp and like meanwhile in the supermarket you're probably looking at 25p uh, like literally a fourth of that those and numbers just, are <laughs> you know so it's yeah. just not affordable like I love what they're doing um, but, like, we need to have governments and multinationals to get behind this stuff to mm. actually reduce the price down so that people can actually, average people can buy it. So I guess oh. that's really what I try and do with my brand is, like, by featuring um, products which maybe at the moment I can't even afford Um or I can't justify the cost of, but by making them more popular, then the wealthier people in society are going to buy them more and more and more, and then it will filter down, <laughs> um, because then it becomes more popular, the company gets more money, and hopefully they can reduce their prices, and then it can go down to the next level and the next level, and then it becomes something which everyone can afford, or that's my hope anyway, so. No, that's, that's a great hope. Um, I, I think sometimes, like you said, the idealism has to be funded from somewhere. And sometimes mm. it's off the backs of those that are like, you know, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm just an entrepreneur, I'm just starting out, I'm just trying mm. to figure out what's going on. And I just love your product. But then you're also overcharging them. So it kind of puts this world of like, how many people are going to walk through that door? How many people mm. are going to actually congregate there? Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the, the discounts that uh, Caleb were talking, was talking about uh, with what we call the farmer's market, um, in New York, which is obviously, I don't know who's farming in, in the concrete jungle uh, nearby, but they are, there are um, places and plots of land that they actually do farm at. I doubt if that's what they're selling for food, but regardless, what I loved about what you guys are talking about was the fact that artisans all over the world are still having their place in society. Um, how many people are interested um, from our own demographic that are interested to become like an eco uh, economical, or um, socioeconomical entrepreneur. It's becoming a space where it's like, not only like, you know what? I know mom and dad may not recycle or my peers don't. I'm gonna go on this passion project. I'm gonna get this done. That's very costly, very idealistic. And it's very hard to raise a family on that. So what, what we're opening up is the fact that like, hey, look, my family has a long tradition of, you know, what apple trees or we know how to knit and we, we come from India. Our family comes from India, but we're, you know, English now, or whatever it may be, bring these cultures and these artists, artisans into the forefront, making that mainstream, 
instead of these much larger fast fashion or fast, you know, groceries. Um, I do think people are going to still continue to do it. Um, during uh, COVID, we, right on um, right in Harlem, we have a Whole Foods, and that place mm. was frequented. I mean, there was lines around forever, mostly because they couldn't have too many people inside. It's a relatively large building, and every day I used to see these lines walking around. And obviously, Whole Foods has a big stake in a you know <laughs> a little company named Amazon or whatever, or other way around. <laughs> and obviously these much bigger these much bigger organizations are moving in their best interest it's not necessarily mm-hmm. to make sure that each product is great um i don't know if you're familiar with trader joe's as well yeah i've heard of them are, yeah yeah they're a little more like grassroots community based um, they're they like bulk of, buy aren't they i like you can buy things bulk. Uh, you definitely can yeah. um but but yeah. what, I, what i'm highlighting is like you know say if you have some sort of entrepreneur and this is kind of the next question i wanted to ask um, you know, some entrepreneur that just made their first organic cookies. Trader Joe's will offer them a space on their shelves for a short That's amount of time. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's through a processes um, to, yeah. to get yourself applied and whatever, but you're still in a much bigger chain, but in that bigger that platform, you're, you're an artisan. And it kind of reminded me of just the format that you're choosing. You know, mm. best case scenario, you know, uh, your jars and everything actually becomes very, very mainstream. And it can kind of become, like you said, it could be something that may be this premium or idealistic thing. But on the lower level, what you're getting are um, full-on artisans that may not necessarily have access to that funding, marketing, or other things um, in that much smaller bubble. So, yeah, uh, it's like almost like a digital farmer's market in a sense where you're getting getting information, you're getting new products. These massive... These massive companies like Amazon, which, you know, their ethics are definitely questionable, but there's certain things which they're doing, which which are awesome. Like, I think, um, I'm trying to remember the actual name of it, but I know that, um, I don't know if you follow um, Ian, Summon, um, Ian Summerholder at all. He's, like, really, he's a actor who became famous through, like, all the vampire stuff, but he's yeah. actually... Huge environment. Okay, I think I do know what you're talking and, about. Yeah, I think I do um, know what you're talking about. And like he was promoting, and the Amazon has done like this green pledge thing. Um, so you can actually sign up on the US site to like filter your searches on green, greener products. And a lot of the eco swaps which I'm making, you know, things like buying bulk buy or buying like hand soap which foams. So you use less hand soap and, you know, just simple things like that. I'm generally buying them on Amazon because end of the day, I have Amazon Prime and it turns up like the same day or the next day and it's convenient. (laughs) So it is clever and there are things, you know, and equally so, you know, there's a reason why he's the richest person or one of the richest people in the world because I've also seen that he's now almost making an Etsy within... um, within Amazon for like these artisan sellers as well. So mm-hmm. that's interesting right. and making yes. like the personalized products as well. I mean, places like Etsy, I don't know if you guys use Etsy, but it's awesome. I absolutely Phenomenal. love it. Yeah, it's pretty Phenomenal. great. Phenomenal. <laughs> you know, and yeah, that's I mean... done really, really well. And what I find so exciting about that is I'm literally potentially buying someone from someone who is literally got a cottage industry. You know, they're making coasters or they're making like hat decorations or something in their in their bedroom or what you know it's just so exciting to me that 
you can do that from anywhere, anywhere. And it connects everyone all around the world. You know, I've bought from people all over the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Me as well. Yeah, that's 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 so true. Uh, and that, that's what I'm saying. It's like now it's not necessarily a physical place. Look at this conversation mm -hmm. we're having right now across the pond. You know, yeah. uh, like look at where we are. So I do think that this is a much more digital space that we're entering into. Um, my biggest question as we kind of um, come towards the end was, uh, and this can we can kind of go into detail about this, but what is what have you noticed has been the ideal? I know this is uh, a little <laughs> obnoxious, but the ideal uh, entrepreneur that you uh, have accepted or promoted or like what what would you encourage someone that's just starting out how they could get to a level to even even be marketed by you or even be on a shelf or in a farmer's market uh, to that extent and um, you know i always love to work with people who think about their product all the way through you okay. know who, who, who think about their customer service because you know i've worked in customer service for most of my working life and wow. so to me it really matters um in one way or another so it really matters you know about respecting people and respecting your customers as well um but and that's kind of part of the ethics of a good company as well so and then you know thinking about what you're doing with your money are you investing some of what you're making back into like eco products eco things developing that further um okay. and also like packaging and everything like that you know just trying to do everything right or trying to at least nod to doing everything right that you can um, all the way through. I guess those are the companies that I have the most respect for. Awesome. Yeah, that's so true. Thoroughly looking at it, not cutting corners, right? Um, yeah, and, and yeah. it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, I promoted um, a lady who I met through Instagram who, and so she was a domestic cleaner and she set up her own cleaning brand because she couldn't find stuff um, to clean with, which was truly eco and all the big brand eco wow. stuff still had lots of chemicals in. So she's gone and made like literally cottage industry stuff um, out of like bicarbonate of soda and, 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 you know, all your old school and vinegar and like essential oils and stuff. And she's packaged it up so beautifully and she's made it affordable. And I just, I hope that this is the way the world goes is that these small producers, and as you rightly said, um, Tarek, is what's wonderful about the internet is it gives us an opportunity to let these cottage industries, these tiny little companies just flourish. And I think that's really exciting. Yes, yes, yeah. Shout out to that. <laughs> Shout out to your company yeah. and everything that you're doing as well. That's thank you. Yeah, there's not much more to be said, but let's get out there and do it. You know, let's find something mm -hmm. you're great at and start to market it. That's that's kind of where I feel, and I, I'm I'm truly inspired by this conversation. You have such joy and such passion about what you're doing that it, it I'm sure it inspires everyone around you. So I'm so thankful to be able to talk to you, Jill, for sure. <laughs> so to that it's so lovely to connect with people like all across the world who who yeah. care about the same stuff i love it <laughs> yeah and to all those guys no. out there that are listening you know um like you, you made a comment about um make sure that our, our our guests know what it is but honestly we have viewers from all over the world and they're all looking at us trying to figure out what they're going to do and i think that's just kind of the space we're in right now it is very trending you know uh originally we 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 the, the people that we brought on the show for this month were to celebrate just woman's history and a bunch of other stuff like originally from March and stuff. 
but it's actually kind of um, evolved into just like back to where we started, which was entrepreneurship, following your passions and changing the world. And that yeah. sounds so daunting until you actually start doing it, <laughs> you know? And you're Absolutely. like, oh, I've actually, yeah, I've actually started to make a lot of significant differences. I mean, look at the, as obnoxious as that change was, but there's more plastic, I mean, less plastic off of the of those fruits. So yeah. you know, those small changes like that matter for sure. And that's just you speaking up probably once because you were just being <laughs> upset about something. But yeah. a conscious calculated effort and the way that everything's moving will start to you know uh, demonetize some of the bigger things that have become larger industries. So yeah, I'm happy Absolutely. to see people winning for sure. Absolutely, I think it's really exciting. I think it's just about, as you say, this whole conscious consumerism piece of people actually just standing back and questioning stuff, not just blindly following the trends. Awesome, yeah. Mm. Got it, Caleb? <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you that time. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm, way, man. I'm uh, pulling up all the stuff that I need, but no, no, I definitely, I definitely agree, and I think that was a great way to to end the show here. And and thank you, Jill, for coming on to the show. I uh, okay. we we really do appreciate it, and I'm honored to have been able to discover your identity, as I like to say, and and to uh, be able to learn everything that you were doing is just fascinating. And I knew it would be, I knew it would be, but I'm, I'm very grateful to know more about it. And and uh, we would love to to have you back on the show and, and to be able to talk more about everything that you were doing and, and even and even things that uh, say in the future you do then as well. So thank you again for coming on to the show. Pleasure, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me and, and if anyone does, want to collaborate then always interested sure. to hear from you just um i'm at jam jar jill on all the platforms so just please drop me a line if you're interested yeah and, and that's the uh the website as well right jamjarjill.com mm -hmm. right correct and also these lovely pictures of your family make it just seem so organic i love the the, the, the site layout as well no I, I i took a look at it i was just like wow this is really built out i mean you're talking about etsy but if you just look at all yeah. the platforms that she has, just that alone shows that you mean business about what, you, what you're trying to get across. So mm -hmm. I, I really appreciated that. I appreciate the layout. I appreciate that you brought yourself into it. It wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a prideful thing. Like I'm saving the world and you know, everyone yeah. jump on my cape. It's just like, listen, like this is what I'm doing. I'm sure that yeah. all of you can do it you too. You can do it Why too. Why don't you join you me, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So everyone I, I has the that. power to do something. Everyone has the power to do something and every little change makes a difference. It does, it does. It's awesome. Is there any other projects you're working on um, besides this that are coming up or anything else that you want to shout out or um, talk about? Yeah, I mean, I am just about, well, I decided to launch as a virtual assistant um, this okay. year as well. So also helping other um ecopreneurs um i'd love to work with them right. um and startups and just businesses inspirational entrepreneurs so um if anyone needs any business support as well right. so, so that's, more, that's more like a consultancy that you're doing so people reach out to you yeah. and you just assist them along the way that's awesome yeah I've so i've just been learning so much over the last 10 years of blogging and building my own brand so i was like well hopefully i can share that and help your brand too so yeah for sure for sure and that, that's that's what we're here for take your experiences and share them with with others that's what that's what the whole point of this is you know um especially as a blog um and it's interesting that that's kind of where your start was 
pardon me, it's a little mm-hmm. loud, but, um, um, just just how that that kind of is where it started with just an information based space, and how you've mm-hmm. leveraged that into making it into something so much larger. So I, I love that. I love that aspect of you kind of flipping what you know to to help other people out. And ultimately it kind of just kind of pulls them all back into the same network because all those businesses that you've helped out with, they all will know each other through you. So then they can Absolutely. kind of do these, gr- these beautiful. groups. Yeah, it's a beautiful you know? web of a community of people all over the world. Yes. And, uh, it's just so lovely. Yeah. Yes. And they all come back to you. <laughs> all in your, all in your, 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 your jars and not, everything is not all in a narcissistical way at all. <laughs> no, you're, you're so humble sometimes. I honestly, yeah. you'd be surprised how much it means to be the glue or the networking hub for other people to make it. Like, it may not be you. I mean, your product may be just being that platform for someone else, like an Instagram or something like that. And in that Instagram, someone makes some larger, much bigger thing. Uh, you know, yeah. whatever it may be, like we get rid of plastic altogether with some new invention or something. But that all yeah, came awesome. through making a step, you making a step to say, look, I want to get this information out there, you know, and I'm sure yeah. you're probably always daunted and surprised that like, you know, one day, Jill, you said something on your blog and it just changed my life. And I think that yeah, we, we've, awesome. we've experienced that a lot as well. So it, it just, it inspires us to keep pushing. It's and a beautiful keep going. thing. I yeah. think it's just like part of this whole um, community over competition thing. I think right. just be so proud of everyone who's doing their bit. And if right. you've managed to connect people with other people who had then gone on to build a product, which then builds into that whole thing, isn't that a beautiful thing? You yes. know, just awesome. Yes. The beautiful ecosystem, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We are all trees. <laughs> I love that. It really is. It, it really is. And uh, thanks again, Jill, for coming on to the show. It's, it's been a great episode. We, I feel like I've learned so much, and it's been absolutely uh, phenomenal. And as, as we try to wrap up there, I lost my Wi-Fi connection. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, we're back on, and we're going to end it with, with a great strike. Here, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, once again, you have been listening and watching the Identity Podcast. Thanks as always for all of our listeners and viewers for listening and watching. Don't forget that you can like us on all social media platforms at the Identity Podcast and go ahead and check out Find Your ID NYC, which we are presented by on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, don't forget to check out the Identity Podcast on all streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you love the Identity Podcast and want to sponsor us, well, you can just email us at press at findyouridnyc.com to do so. And we will correspond with you on more details on that. But great stuff. Don't forget to listen to the Identity Podcast on Brick Media every Tuesday as we premiere a new episode. That partnership is absolutely amazing. We're so grateful for that. But and don't forget to check out our friends, Reverend Ivy Rivera for her Roots Revival Interfaith Church. Uh, she is absolutely amazing. Every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, you can check that out on all platforms. And she, they actually go live on TikTok. TikTok and YouTube for that as well, which is pretty cool. But it's been great. It really has been. And we're so grateful for that. Don't forget to check out next week's show with Leslie Webb. We're very excited for that show. April 14th, every Wednesday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, the Identity Podcast. We go live. We have a good time. We chat about identity. And we simply just uh, continue to uh, continue to do our thing. Isn't that right, Tark? Yes, indeed. Moving right along. <laughs> the summer is coming back. It's almost like we're, we're almost we're almost hitting a year, Caleb. But uh, um, 
Thanks, oh. thanks everyone that's been watching. <laughs> yeah, Caleb's like I'm over it. No, I'm joking. Um, but uh, uh, I think that this has been a long journey. Um, it's been up and down. We've literally started this in the middle of a pandemic, and we've flipped that idea. Um, and I think that we've taken the the fallow ground and planted our seeds, and we'll see that these trees are growing into some some significant changes in our community. So um, definitely don't forget to check out Jill's website, everyone, as we close out. Um, definitely reach out to her in any possible way. She seems like the most awesome person, <laughs> very oh, motherly, and will definitely just uh, help you along your way, especially with uh, the new um, virtual assistant business that she's working with. She's probably giving her a call about, listen, I don't know how to even start this business. Do you know anyone that has a business like this? <laughs> shoot her a text, shoot her Instagram. But yeah, so. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Do the do the thing, Caleb. Do the thing. I know well, you missed, I know you again, missed it. <laughs> once again, you have been watching and you've been listening to the Identity Podcast. Thanks as always for checking us out. Don't forget, every Wednesday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, we go live for the Identity Podcast. Thanks as always.